Fantastic, Porto. Uh, Grant Borton there. And if anything late comes through for our New South Wales meetings, we will let you know. In regards to racing today across the country, no Victoria meeting. We've got uh, Musselbrook and Queen Bean as our two New South Wales meetings now focus here. Uh, we've got uh, 1.55 the start there at Musselbrook in uh, 1.35 the start at Queen BM. We'll have a look at those uh, particular meetings a little bit later in the whip around in our preview after 10 o'clock. Greyhound racing today uh, across New South Wales. We've got Nowra at 20 past eight. We've also got uh, Bathurst a little bit later on there and Maitland as our other uh, New South Wales meeting. And in harness racing... Today in in New South Wales and across the country, Newcastle, our meeting today, which gets underway at 2.17. Let's introduce the panel, though, for punters post-mortem. And don't forget, the open line will be up and firing, 13.53.53, if you want to be a part of the show. I'll firstly say good morning to Brad Davidson. Brad, uh, we had an interesting weekend there at Rose Hill, a, a weekend where it looked like you really wanted to be up on speed. Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, everyone. Yeah, it was fitted that way. It wasn't a particularly early on in the program. Definitely a bit up and in, as Rose Hill can be. But another very humid day there on the weekend. I was going through the stewards' report this morning, and there were about 100. Forgive, forgive uh, efforts in there. Horses pulling up slow to recover, lame, galloped on, or uh, or even uh, super effort, unfortunately, bled, and we'll have the three-month ban. So plenty of uh, excuses there, no doubt, on Saturday with that warm weather, and, uh, and a few horses sort of ran their races before the... For the actual races in the mounting yard as well, where they got very warm. But no, it was a good day of racing, and obviously the Gold Coast was cracking to watch up there as well. It certainly was. Uh, we also had uh, Melbourne uh, in full swing and uh, Flemington. Uh, gee, when that rails out to head, uh, headquarters, Dino, you can uh, you can run into some traffic problems. Good morning to you. Uh, yeah, good morning, Dave. Yeah, look, I think it was more slowly run races as much as anything when you look at the, the figures that come through. The track was in good order. There's no reason they shouldn't have run faster times, but they just backed off the speed. And so you've got very evenly graded horses just bunching together and uh, we didn't get many uh, truly run affairs. Unfortunately, probably the feature, the Standish was, and the uh, the Dark Dream race was run at a good speed and those the, the three place getters came from the back in that race. So, yeah, it was a funny sort of day there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the lack of tempo in the races was the biggest factor. And up on the Gold Coast was Chris Roots, of course, with all the Magic Millions action. Uh, Chris, good morning to you. It looked like uh, a big result for a few connections there, namely, obviously, with Gatta in the two-year-old classic. Yeah, it was a fantastic day at the Gold Coast, as it often is. And um, once again, the um, quality horses come to the fore at this meeting. They, if you if you you're well performed and you're aimed at this meeting, it seems like you can you can pick up a nice check. And um, interesting, there's a horse there now that's won for the last three years. And uh, I think um, young Greg Hickman, he he's pretty happy with how Magic Millions turns out for him every year. Certainly, with eleven eleven, and great to see the scenes from Greg. And uh, must tip his hat, tip our hat to him because spoke to him what nearly two months ago, when eleven eleven was starting to come back into work, and he said, "This is what we're aiming at, and uh, it'll be grand final day at the Gold Coast." And it was a lovely ride by Hugh Bowman. We're going to open the lines now thirteen fifty three fifty three. That's the open line number. If you have a question for any of our panel on any of the states that we're covering today, give us a call. And, and ask away. Uh, I'll start in Sydney because there's a couple of texts here for you, Brad. Uh, firstly, wanting to know your thoughts on Sword Point. Uh, and it was in the fifth event over the 10 furlongs, so over the 2,000 metres. And I guess I just want to know what you think or how high you think Sword Point can go in its career because it was another impressive victory. It was another impressive victory. And look, I'm still waiting for the data to come through on the, on the meeting this morning. So I can't give you too much of a 
an insight into that. But in terms of the actual performance, he got a bit of a breather mid-stages, but he was very strong late to win by four lengths. And, you know, Dakiri was a horse that had been in pretty good form prior to that, and Niffler had been uh, knocking on the door as well and got in with, uh, you know, 54.5 kilos. So I know he had the 52 there, but he's just a horse that once he's got out in trip, we saw him when he's made in there over the 15.50 at Canterbury and run quicker time than the benchmark races on the day. And then I know Warwick Farm, I thought he was a good thing beaten. A few thought he was a bit disappointing, but 1,600 up to 2,000, he got control and he put a gap in him. Um, 36.04 last 600, probably nothing, you know, to get overly excited about but uh, I think he's a progressive stayer and I'm not sure which way they'll go with him what derby they'll have a look at but he does look like a derby horse going forward mm. Chris Chris, I know you're pretty close with the Coolmore team um, they've always had a rap on this particular colt he's by American Pharaoh and I see a lot of the big names in the ownership of this horse in, uh, in say, the other uh, nice, exciting cult they seem to have, or they're going to yet to debut, Great Barrier Reef and a number of other occults uh, that are in Chris Waller's hands. So um, have you heard anything on the, on the grapevine about how good they think Swordpoint is? Yeah, this is from their cult syndicate. They, they've spent a lot of money, and they've already got a really big result with Home Affairs winning the Coolmore. And this horse has fought more as a, a stayer, and we're starting to see him get into his wheelhouse now, aren't we? Now, Chris Waller's done this before. He's got 2,000 metres in January and come, dropped drop back and, and come back and gone to a Sydney derby. But he just looks a perfect horse for Queensland. He might have another, could have another one before they go, and then just put him away for during Sydney and bring him back at the end of the carnival because um, that Queensland derby, it's still Group 1, and... Um, there's some nice races up there for him as well, like a, a race like the Q22, which which is after the derby, could also be in his wheelhouse. Okay, all right. Um, now, down to the standish we go. We'll bring Dean Lister in here. Uh, some text on the text line about uh, the, the winner, which was uh, Hal Vorson. Uh, and what about It's Our Time? Uh, what did we make of the runner-up? Yeah, look, he's run really well, Dave. I mean, he's been going around basically in restricted grade it's our time so it was a, a bit of a class rise for him as much of a weight drop as he got but Hal Vorson winning the standish for the second time in three years uh, the the miss was last year he was right out of form but uh, they've got him back uh, right at the peak of his powers and it was a very patient ride by Jamie Carr because he only got a very short sprint and he was actually you know, she'd used it just at the right time and enough to get him home I think the ones that I want to follow out of that race are the Astrologist and Turath they were both first up and uh, the Astrologist wouldn't uh, count him out as a lightweight new market chance he had 59 kilos there on Saturday he probably dropped to something like 52 come new market time and he, he just loves the straight so I think the Astrologist and the Turath and Turath going forward are the two I want to follow all right, we're with uh, Dean Lester, Brad Davidson and Chris Roots on Punners Postmortem. Let's talk about this, uh, firstly, this two-year-old classic. Um, I'll get a comment from all of you on, on the race uh, and on Cool and Gatter. Might start with you, Dino, because I know that uh, this horse you've been sort of keeping an eye on um, pretty much from sort of day dot, and you've mentioned it before on the, uh, the Punners Postmortem program. What did you make of the, the ride, firstly, from James? Well... Got into a beautiful spot early and coming to the turn, basically, they weren't going good enough in front of her, so she had to pop out. And she was left in front quite early. Uh, I thought the second horse came off uh, her heels, made a really good run at them. They had a dominant margin over the rest, really, uh, and they seemed that way going into the race, and I think they performed well. The one thing about uh, cool and Gatter is I think they'll get her home, or get her back to Sydney at least, and uh, uh, you know, I think. Yeah, monitor her. 
to me, she's just going to be a better filly in six months' time, but she hasn't got that time to waste going into a golden slipper. So they'll just have to manage her well and uh, and, and get her to a race like the slipper. But I think in time she'll be better again because, to me, she's quite lean and still got a lot to uh, develop yet. Okay. Uh, Chris, what was the uh, what was the news to come out of that particular race? Yeah, it, it was an interesting race, wasn't it? I think, I think as Nuno said, the first two home are... Vastly superior to their rivals, and and they just put a gap in them. Then Ryder Jane McDonald was, was he, he just has a habit of in, in these big races. He did it in the Melbourne Cup, and he did it in the Everest of just getting it exactly right. After about a hundred meters, he got across to one off the fence, and he looked across or two off the fence, and he looked across and saw Russian conquest on his inside, and about about a half three quarters of a length in front of him, and he just kicked up and then put Kieran. Ma- Kieran McAvoy just went and put pressure to Kieran McAvoy, put him on the fence and it's on Russian conquest. And then he had control of the second favourite, which meant on the turn when he went, he it meant that Kieran had to wait and, and come come later at him. So it was a it was just a smart one of those really smart rides. It probably won the race for him. When when Russian conquest looked like it was going to come off his back at the two hundred metre mark and it was a beautiful ride by Kieran to get to that position. Um Kulangat had just put half a length on him as he was as she was coming off her heels, and that was the difference between winning and losing. Now both these horses will go to come back to Sydney, and I'd say they'll meet again in a Risling or something like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Russian Conquest can turn the tables. I think there's there's not that much between them. They were they've they're probably the best fillies we've seen, and um, it's not going to be they're going to be it's going to be interesting. They're the benchmark now. We're going to work, see whether there's something around that can come up to what they they've set. Okay, uh, what did you make watching in Sydney, uh, Davo? Yeah, okay, the guys thoughts there. I thought it was a terrific ride by James McDonald to, to get into that spot and be able to find the cover. He's a, a genius at doing that. But I must admit, uh, but after watching the race, I thought, well, you're less of a golden slipper chance now than you were before the race. I really did. Um, I know the first two put a gap on the rest, but Nick Cat ran third, beaten two and a half, and it's been beaten three lengths and, and two and a half at past few. So it's, it's, a, it's a good measuring stick. They ran six lengths slower time than Isotope on the day. They're always going to run a slower time than the older horses being early two-year-olds. But I just thought she was still that little bit suspect at the end of 1,200 there. I know she got the job done in the Magic Millions, but you know historically, out of, out of a few dominant horses, I know there's a few that have gone on and, and done the double, but it's, it's generally not the, the, the A-grade form when we're talking about a golden slipper. But in the to, to contrast to that, where are all the good two-year-olds? That's the question I want to know because this year at the moment it seems below par. It really does. Um, so Jard and Charlotte, you know, I know they've they've looked decent, but they haven't been exactly smashing the clock either. So I think there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge, more so than most years when it comes to the Golden Slipper picture. It is absolutely busting this race. There's something to jump out of the ground and say I should be favourite, and maybe it's a horse like Metallicity who I know had a stone bruise, and we'll see in a couple of weeks' time, but would have been hard to beat there on Saturday, but yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, it's up for grabs. I, I wouldn't be backing Coolangatta in a Golden Slipper at this stage. Okay, so four dollars currently Coolangatta in that slipper. Um, I'll come back to you, Dino. Is that just poison, Coolangatta in a Golden Slipper? If you're sitting there this morning thinking about backing uh, backing her in a um, in the All In. I think so. I think there's a lot to play out yet, and uh, as uh, Brad mentioned, uh, it is up for grabs. Uh, I thought on Saturday we'd see a really good two-year-old uh, come out of the first race at Flemington, and I thought it'd be English Riviera, and I was really underwhelmed by how they went. Uh, and they've been some of our 
better trial as Maximilius English Riviera uh, and um, one of uh, Peter Moody's there, but they they just didn't uh, they didn't you know race up to probably expectations. So that's another week that we you know we're probably looking at. Uh, last week they were okay, I think. The filly I want to be with towards the Blue Diamond at this stage is jewellery, but uh, you know, it's that's not a high-ranking race either. But I think she's going to relish 1,200 metres. So yeah, they'll. Uh, I'm sure they'll be rolling out in the next few weeks. But if you had an unraced two-year-old and you had fancied it, you wouldn't be uh, afraid to, to be putting it right in the deep end at this stage. What about your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I, I just think what's happened this year is. Because of COVID and the jockeys not being able to ride ride trials, they, a lot of trainers have just taken the softly, softly approach. So we're going to see a lot of really good two-year-olds coming up today and in the next couple of weeks. Mm. So that's what we're going to be seeing. So keep your eye on the trials. I thought Kulangata was Kulangata and um, and Russian Rep Conquest were really, really quite good. They were as good good as any um, Magic Millions winner winner to come come out of there. They put a gap on them. Let's just let's just take take for instance that these two horses are the best two fillies in the thing. They've put three lengths on the rest. They've they've had a real contest down the straight. I know they didn't run any time like Isotope, but Isotope's race they flew out of the gates and they just went um, uh, went really high speed. And Isotope can do that and. Um, looks to have come back a much better horse. So I, I wouldn't count these two out of being in the slipper, but I still want to see if there's a good colt around and things like that. And there's 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 so so much to play out now that we're we're going to be looking at races like the Canterbury and the Witten that are coming up, and the English race in Sydney and the Blue Diamond. They they're going to be the races that will tell us where what what is going to be favoured in the Golden Slipper. Well, it might be an idea then, punters, to just be keeping an eye on those trials today uh, in in Sydney. Of course, there's trials at Rose Hill, and at 10 o'clock, I've been uh, mentioning this horse. I'm not sure if any of you guys have caught it, but uh, I've fallen in love with uh, the trial of Great Barrier Reef. And I know it's not great to fall in love with trials. I can, you can um, do your uh, cash pretty quick, but looks to be uh, something nice and special, Great Barrier Reef, uh, which goes around that uh, Heat 10 today in that two-year-old Colts and Gildings Open. But there's a number of other unraced horses from O'Shea's, uh, Bjorn Baker, James Cummings is stepping one out, the Hawks team, uh, Gerald Ryan. That's just in the Colts and Gildings trial, which is Heat 10 today. There's a two-year-old Phillies Open trial as well. Uh, where we get to see some more runners down. And I think you'll find uh, Heat 11 today, uh, again, is is trials. And that's one thing, uh, Dino, that Brass always used to say to me. Um, he, he would often say that you'll never see a Golden Slipper winner, in his opinion, a really good one, not until that mid-Jan, late January. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all all different ways to get there. I mean, we've, we've seen, you know, from the Breeders' Plate winners like Piero and and then you, you, you get, you know, the, the odd one from the Magic Millions and uh, we saw that with Capitalists and with you know, a few others. And uh, and now I just think this is a year. I'm not doubting uh, Gather's ability at, at all. Uh, I think she's a real talent. I just wonder if she's going to have the uh, constitution to get there. And if she does on the day and she's in still in the form she was early in the season, she'll be hard to beat. But it's it's a long road for a filly that I think will be better in six months. Peaking her twice is going to be the skill here because she was really tuned up for Saturday and that was that was a big target to get the big money. And now they're going to give it a couple of weeks off. Interestingly, talking to the stable after the race, 
They 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 said they just send their best two year olds to Sydney now early in the season. If they they think they've got their, their what their best two year olds, they come for the they come for the um, gym crack and come for the breeders and especially if they're Magic Millions horses to get them on the right leg and get them training in Sydney. That's where their best where the Ma used to send their best two year olds. So that might be something to remember when you're looking at their Blue Diamond horses. Let's take a break. It is 9.23 Sky Sports Radio. Give us a call. 13.53.53 is the open line number if you've got a question for our panel. Brad Davidson, Chris Roots and Dean Lester. Sky Sports Radio, racing through history. State government legislation was introduced in 1943 to abolish the network of unregistered pony racing clubs. The Sydney Turf Club was created. New South Wales Premier William McKell was heavily involved, handpicking the first board of directors, including the chairman William Hill. And who said bookmakers don't have a guardian angel? The STC eventually purchased Rose Hill Racecourse Company and Canterbury Park Racecourse Company. The remaining clubs at Moorfield, Ascot, Kensington, Rosebury and Victoria Park were gradually phased out. Right out and taken over the lead at the judges' box the first time. The Southern Hemisphere's best yearlings on Australia's holiday playground. The 2022 Magic Millions Gold Coast Yearling Sale, January 11 to 17. From Derby heroes to sizzling sprinters and slipper superstars to spring champions, it's the sale that delivers every year. Find the next stay inside, Hitotsu, Golden 60, Profondo or Winks. The Gold Coast Yearling Sale offers the cream of the Australasian yearling crop. See the catalogue at magicmillions.com.au. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh yeah, looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game, see your local expert at Drummond Golf. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. It is Punter's Postmortem. You're with uh, Brad Davidson, Chris Roots and Dean Lester this morning on this summer edition. 13.53.53 is that open line number. A um, bit of news to come out of the Gold Coast as well with J-Mac. Uh, Chris, he's going to be uh, spending a week on the sidelines. Uh, he got the seven days for excessive whip use, and it was on the in the maiden uh, where uh, Devil's Throat was obviously well backed. And what did he use it seventeen times or something like that? Uh, and they have a different. Do they have a different scale up there in Queensland? Yeah, it's uh, it's different everywhere, and that's, it makes it hard across Australia that each set of stewards have their own own scale. But two hundred fifty thousand. If he if he had have, if he had have done the same thing in Sydney, would he have still got the stretch? Well. Two hundred fifty thousand dollar maiden would have been taken in the con in the into um, example and in the context, but it depends what his previouses are, and I think J Max got a few, so he might have got a seven. He might have got a couple of days, considering they always consider the the the, the money in the race and things like that. So it's different. Yeah, but, in, but in, term, in terms of the scale, though, it's the same. It's, 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 like it, the, the, the amount same, of time. It's the same. The same. It's the same rule, but it's just the scale of how how you get penalised under the rule. So, right. so if you um, go over five strikes before the hundred um, and constructive strikes and things like that, it's the same rule. But in every every state, they just police it a little bit different. So, you know, it's like if you're speeding, speeding, you might get a smaller fine in some states than you do in other states, and you'd know all about that, though. 
I don't know about that. Uh, Dino, I, I know that this stirs you up, uh, the this sort of whip stuff. Any more, you know, do you just sort of put it in the bin now, just move on, not worried about it? Oh, yeah, it's less than ideal. I, I saw one on Saturday that uh, went many, many over at Flemington. Uh, didn't rate, didn't, obviously the stewards were watching something else through the day, so they, uh, they, they hit with some and miss with the others sort of thing. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's that and, and announcement of pre-race tactics are my bugbears, but the, anyway, play on. I've got to give a wrap to uh, Trent Knackers uh, off racing it as well. Uh, put up a bit of a story too. Uh, Kyle Wilson-Taylor had a big, big day uh, there at uh, Doombin. A uh, young bloke from the north coast of New South Wales is riding well. Uh, he rode five of the eight winners on the card yesterday. So well done, uh, on Saturday I should say. So well done to Kyle Wilson-Taylor who uh, definitely designed. There might be a nice horse there too. We saw guys, Naughty Harry, talking through my pocket there. First starter uh, for Tarzino that David Van Dyke trained and it uh, it looked to have a lot of ability. Davo, there's a text on the text line here from uh, Canberra and it's the Canberra Chicken. Guys, can you uh, can you ask Davo about Titanium Power and how you think he will go in the future? Obviously got track conditions to suit there, Davo. Uh, it seemed in the first with, you know, the, the being advantageous to be up on speed, but he did the same thing at Warwick Farm last start and broke their hearts, and he did the same thing again. Yeah, the great thing about this horse is just his racing style. He, you know, he's got that great tactical speed to lead in races, and yes, it was a bit up and in for sure, and, and yes, he did get a soft enough lead, but to counteract that, we know he's a much better horse on genuine heavy ground, and if anything, it was more like a, a five there on the weekend. So I thought he did a really good job to be able to bring that form away from Warwick Farm and Hawkesbury. All his form had been at those two tracks in the past. And it's not easy to take it to, to Rose Hill, take it to Saturday grade and still do what he did. So uh, he was super. He was strong through the line. He looked like a, a brute of a horse. So they've got something to work with right throughout the preparation. And the great thing about Joe Pride as well is we see it time and time again. He horses, they just continue to come back half a length better, a length better. Every preparation, we've seen it in the past with... So many, Eduardo with baller muscles and all them. They just race so well for so long. And this horse looks like they'll have a lot of fun with him for the next three, four years. Exactly right. He's a wonderful trainer, Joe. And unfortunately, uh, with Kim Lagrange being um, uh, washed out on Saturday with that prospect of that rain coming, uh, they he was heading to Kembla, Joe, with a couple of horses and that New South Wales tycoons. And um, yeah, maybe uh, I think there was a function plan. So he's very good with his time, Joe, for his ownership group. Let's go back up to Queensland. Uh, comments on the three-year-old uh, Guineas guy. I might uh, come to you first here, Dino. Uh, King of Sparta uh, was a big... 45 minutes for the Snowdens, wasn't it? They uh, they get beaten pretty much by what um, a small margin there in the two-year-old classic, but then uh, King of Sparta and Nash get the chocolates there in the three-year-old guineas. Uh, they did indeed, and uh, I think uh, look, I think he's just an, an emerging horse, King of Sparta. That he's always been around the edges of the the good horses. Uh, I think couple of factors. He's been gelded is one, but more importantly, I think just getting on genuine firm ground. He's done a lot of his racing and been competitive on soft ground, but then you break down when he's got on good ground, uh, his, his form really elevates and uh, his turn of foot on Saturday when Let Rip by Nash was just outstanding and I think he's the one out of the meeting that uh, can go forward on to something pretty good, uh, provided he gets that dry ground. Uh, I think he's got a very, very solid career ahead of him. I'll come to you, Chris. What's the report? I know you're close with the Snowden team. They must have been elated with the victory. 
Yeah, they were. It was just one of those one of those wins where King of Sparta he gets to a he gets to the centre of the track and he just takes off when that when he has that sort of um, that sort of run and he took off on Saturday one easy. He'll go to he'll come back to Sydney and they're just looking for a dry track. If they can find a dry track with him, he could progress to a, a really nice um, sprint, maybe at Group Two level, maybe maybe even get to Group One level. But it's the it's it's finding the right right race for him. He was. There's very much a plan to win first up on Saturday, and now it's a case of finding the right race going forward. Right. Um, what do you make of the futurity? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. A, that seems like a really nice race for him, doesn't it? Cause, yeah, um, he could beat the Caulfield, old horses down here. Caulfield, and Caulfield's always firm. So, yeah. you know, it's a, one of the firmer tracks. So as long as they went a good speed, and at 1,400 metres, we saw what, how dynamic he was on the weekend. What did you make of it, Brad? Yeah, I just think the bookies are very generous. They sat there at $6.50 for a long, long time about a horse that, you know, once they, once they got up to a good three, he was going to absolutely love that. And the only query, really, was the, the 1,400 metres and whether he'd run it. And he ran it out strong. He's opened up a lot more options with that. And I know we say it time and time again, but really, I've got to start looking more and more at these big meetings interstate and, and backing the interstate horses, uh, particularly the Sydney horses. Eight of the nine winners there on Magic Millions Day were trained by interstate runners. And Often you'll find, and it's and it's with Melbourne as well during the carnival. And I'm not saying we've always got the the better horses over Melbourne, but it's the same in in Sydney. If you've got a really good Queensland horse coming down, sometimes the, the market gravitates towards the locals a bit too much. I find, and and you are getting good prices about these you know better horses from interstate a lot of the times in races. And yeah, I mean there were some great opportunities there on the weekend. King of Sparta, the perfect example, six fifty sitting there all morning for a horse that. On a, on a you know on a day was clearly better than them and just had to run out the fourteen hundred. Boys, um, just with uh, this particular race, what do we make of the favourite? I might come to you here, Chris. Um, I know that uh, they were very keen, Robin and Luke Price. Was it just not the place to be uh, that inside later in the day? Yeah, she, um, Jermaine, she's just one of those horses that you end up um, um, having to say she's going to get back in the field and accept that. Thing. And when she was back in the field on the fence, it's just not the place to be with a whole lot of horses. And in, in, in those Magic Millions races, there's a big tail to them. And you've really got to get out in the centre where King Esparta was and get around them rather than try and go through them because there's so much structure in front of you. And she just ran into a dead end there in the, at the top of the straight. And that, that was basically that. So um, probably a forgive. Whether she's, whether she's going to go to 1400 again, I know they want to go to the surround with her. So she might have come back and go go one run into us around to try and get that group one. She's a two time group two winner. She's um really in the in the in the in the right place to probably run in some of these Phillies races, but that's um that might just be a forgive on the weekend. Right. Um a couple of uh, I'm talking through my pocket here, but what do we all make of the run of uh, I am lethal? I know the gate was just cruel but um geez he was uh, he was finishing well late. Anyone catch the run of I am lethal? He was good, good days, but once again, in those races, he he's a horse that had won at his last start of Saturday, Saturday with summer race, and he was coming up against horses that had proper form from throughout throughout carnivals, and just time and time again on those days, the carnival horse on Magic Millions days, the horses that have been to carnival racing just come out and win, like they mm. they just they just set for the race and they just uh, that that notch above the horses that are coming through. If we're raving on, a bit... Oh, sorry, Brad, you go, mate. Yeah, just quickly on Jamea. I, I found it a, 
bizarre that it was so firm in the market. I can see it was a complete forgive run, as Chris said, held up and, and whatnot. But but let's, let's just dissect this. I mean, is this just trials being overrated, guys? I know I talk about it many times, but she's finished off well in a, in a Gold Coast trial and all of a sudden she's favourite for a Magic Millions three-year-old guinea. She was first up at 1,400 metres and with all due respect, she she beaten fillies going back, you know, Robert Deere and Crystal Bound. It's not exactly formed to say I'm, I should be favourite for a Magic Millions three-year-old guineas. I was shocked to see her so firm in the market. I thought she'd be out the gate because the setup wasn't great and her form just didn't warrant being a $4.40 chance in that race. Do we agree with that, boys? Um, Chris, Dino? I think she was favourite before the Gold Coast trial, so it was obvious that she was. everyone knew she was going there and she's a two-time Group 2 winner, but Realistically, that's Philly's. That's a pretty heavy price to pay when you come against up against these horses that didn't carry a penalty. So you know that race is an interesting one because if you don't, I think it's the Cup as well. If you if you don't perform at group level, you can get in there with a, a nice cosy weight like um, King of Sparta did. So it's 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 one of those one of those races where you've got to be aware of what sort of penalties they carry. But she, her performances, you know, have said that she's probably one of the better fillies in the in the country. So. She had to be be somewhere in the market. Well, if we uh, and Dina, your thoughts so quickly on Jamea? Uh, yeah, look, I, I was surprised. You know, she's obviously a, a very talented filly, but I, I didn't think uh, that she warranted quite that sort of uh, you know respect in the market. But uh, yeah, it's all good in hindsight. It is. If we're raving about the win of King of Sparta, do we need to start raving about uh, the filly, uh, Mimi Lagarde? I know that uh, we talk about that carnival form, and obviously he, he's got some lovely runs on the board, King of Sparta, and we're you know, talking about possible futurities. Uh, does that mean that our regard of, of her needs to, to really increase? For sure. I she's going to... Yeah. I you go, you go first, Brad, and then go... Or you, or I'll go to Brad first, and then we'll go to, go to you, Chris. So go, Brad. Yeah, 100%. Um, she was outstanding from the back, wasn't she? And it was well documented. That draw was, was very nasty for her, and they wanted to be able to put her in a better spot than there. And yes, King of Sparta was holding her on the line, but she beat the, beat the rest comfortably enough. And I think a, a really exciting horse going forward, for sure. Over to you, Chris. Yeah, she, I think she'll end up being a Brisbane winter horse. I'll um, put, her, put her away and target their own carnival. There's a, there's, a, there's a nice group of races there for three-year-olds and 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 you could go to a Fred Best and if you're good enough, you can end up in a straight break with no weight. What about yourself, uh, Dino? Yeah, I think timing would be right for her to be a Brisbane uh, carnival horse and that's what a lot of these you know, horses can aim up at uh, from Magic Millions. So uh, you know, have a break and, and aim up to that sort of uh, time of year. All right, we'll take another quick break on uh, Punters Postmortem, the summer edition. When we return, uh, we're going to take some calls. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Get ready to secure the very best yearlings New Zealand has to offer. With world-class talent now hitting the track, NZB Standard Bread graduates have claimed 14 Group 1 wins, 27 stakes wins, and 7 derbies last season alone. Buy from the best in the business at NZB Standard Bread's 2022 National Yearling Sale in Auckland and Christchurch. New Zealand Bloodstock, where winning begins. Australians are practical people, so what about a useful everyday diary for women full of essential health information that also saves lives? Now that's something. The Australian Women's Health Diary funds life-saving breast cancer trials research. Buy one for yourself or someone you love and do something that does something. 
It's just $18.95 from newsagents, Woolworths and magshop.com.au. The Australian Women's Health Diary. Buy the diary that saves lives today. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1800 858 858. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, you're on Punters Postmortem and you've got uh, Dean Lester, Brad Davidson and Chris Roots uh, with you this morning. Uh, plenty of text on the text line, guys. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of questions here about the autumn ahead. Um, hey, Dean, Chris, Davo, any futures bets for the autumn? Would love a little nibble at something early. That's from Chad. Um, we've still obviously got a lot of water to roll on the bridge. We just spoke then about gold and slippers, but is there anything, guys, that's catching your eye that... I mean, we've got a stack of futures markets open at TAB. We're on, uh, what, the CF4, the English Millennium. We've got the Diamond, Surround, Australian Guineas, Randwick Guineas, um, all those big championship races as well. Is there anything that you guys have already been sort of looking and labelling? I might start with you, Davo. Yeah, I must admit, I haven't had a good chance to, to delve right into it um, yet, I... I did, uh, didn't mind the, the run of Wild Calm back a, a few months ago for a golden slipper picture, but I see it's been 101s into 26s, and I just had a look at the most recent trial and could have trialled a touch better as well. So um, I might just reserve to the end of the show, and I'll, I'll do my best picking through here while we, uh, while we chat on the program. No dramas. It was, yeah, it's a question without notice, so, and we are talking about something that uh, can change pretty rapidly. Uh, Dino, what about yourself from a Melbourne perspective? Is there something there for an Australian Guineas, or you think that um, something, you know, a Blue Diamond horse that you're very keen on? Yeah, I'm going to just sit on the fence with regard to the Blue Diamond. Maybe jewellery, as I mentioned. Uh, if uh, the Godolphin team go that way with her, she'd be the one that impresses me for the 1200. But uh, there's a horse that won on uh, Zipping Classic Day. Uh, Second Australian start for the Freedmans called Sinawan. He won the Kevin Heffernan. He's been back to the trials at Werribee last week. He absolutely flew. And uh, I don't know what they'll set him for, but I, I've had a little something on him in the CF4 stakes, being 1,400 at Caulfield, where he won that through the spring. So uh, a little play on Sinawan in the uh, CF4 stakes for me. All right, perfect. So... Um, that is uh, Cinnabar. What about yourself, Chris? Anything lurking? Um, I've already backed Zaki in the All-Star Mile. I think it's four sixty now. I took $8 when the market opened. I thought that was never going to stand up, knowing the horse was going to go. That was just one of the targets with the VRC committee in the ownership. So I've backed it already. Sidewan's one that interests me. I backed it on, uh, during the Cup Carnival and then let it go around at Caulfield, to much to my chagrin. So... Um, think it could be a stra- uh, Doncaster horse, so, yeah. you know, I'll keep an eye on it. Okay, beautiful. Um, back to Jamea here. John from uh, Canberra's going, Jamea was so popular because the trainer was putting a big rap on it on Friday. I fell for the tip, cost me a five-horse all-up. John, you'll be right. And then he says, unbarmy. See you at the pub next Friday. Not sure. Maybe he's on the schooners early. Good morning to you, John. Uh, what about the way in which uh, Flemington and Rose Hill play? We'll talk about the track. So when we're doing our form review into our databases or just making a mental note. Firstly, uh, Dave, what did you make of Rose Hill and 
if you backed a horse, if you're a punter out there that's backed a horse that maybe was back in the field in those early races, would you be giving a big forgive sign? I would be, but I, I think it's a really good lesson for any punter out there uh, who does their own form is to just think of it as Rose Hill. Rose Hill is very much an up-and-in style track. Yes, you can still win from the back in the right circumstances with the speed on, but it is normally up there on speed and, and being in the first few and turning for home. So focus on those horses at Rose Hill. Conversely, Ramwick, you generally want to get into that running line a lot of the time, particularly when the rail's in the true position, and you can run on and finish home over the top, and it's not exactly a track where you really want to leave. So I think they're really they're chalk and cheese, Rose Hill and Ramwick, and to treat them differently when, when doing the form um, going forward. Just back to that futures all-in, I can give you one. Head of state in, in the Rose Hill Guineas if they're going that way. Um, look, I mean, this horse will SP'd right next to Profondo there in the spring champion and pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia with a genuine excuse. So $2.80, $15. If you're having an early player, I think head of state off a complete forgive for heading towards that race would have to be uh, be a bit shorter, I would suggest. What about uh, Flemington, Dino, for players at home? I know you mentioned on just the tempo of the races. And if, if that is so, why do we see jocks going so slow in some of these races? Uh, well, it's it's a big turn at uh, Flemington there from the once they get off that fourteen hundred meter bend if they're the longer races and then they turn till the four hundred and fifty meter mark. So if they get their spots, uh, not a lot happens. And uh, uh, we saw that uh, probably in race two they just uh, went at an even speed. Uh, race three, as I said, that was probably a race where at least they ramped it up from a fair way out, and we saw horses from the back uh, run well. Uh, I think the one thing you'd want to take note of is the straight track, It's uh, once the rail goes out anywhere, if it's not in the true position, uh, down the straight, you want to be centre to two-thirds out. And I think those inside draws are, are at a bit of a disadvantage. So I'd be very forgiving of uh, those that drew in uh, in those uh, straight races, like uh, Chiraf and the Standish was racing closer to the inside, um, high tail, uh, that is high tail, but uh, yeah, those sort of uh, horses were in the wrong part of the track. Okay, all right. Um, back to the Magic Millions here, Chris. Not sure if you know, Shannon's been texting a few times here. Morning, guys. Any news on bright blue sky out of the Magic Millions? Apart from it being slow, uh, any news? No, I, I haven't. I haven't seen any. I'll have a look at the stewards' report. Um, I think. I think just with those New Zealand two-year-olds, it's. They've, it's a big jump coming over here and taking on our two-year-olds, and I think we've seen the timing again. They have to be exceptional to to match up to our two-year-olds, and just the hardness of racing over here compared to their two-year-olds. They tend to have better milers and 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 stays, and that's if you if you use that as a rule of thumb, you, you rarely see a really really top-line sprinter come over from New Zealand and be able to beat our sprinters. And I am being. Yep, Bright go. blue sky. I just had a look at the stewards report. I just had it open because you're talking about the, the J Mac uh, whip, whip saga earlier. But uh, yeah, pulled up lame in both four legs there. So um, there you go. So maybe a bit of an, an excuse for it. But as Chris said, it's always always tough to come across, isn't it? And, and uh, race so well on that magic means. Yeah, and before that's unsurprising. Get... That's unsurprising with that track because I walked it before the went out and had a walk on it before it's the first. And it was it was very firm, and it just got firmer and firmer during the day. So. If you had any any slight leg queries, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you put up the big saw. And before anyone says I'm spotting Tiago horses for being slow, I got sucked in. I'm mates with Jamie, and he said to me back in November, oh, this is our Magic Millions horse. 
and I got sucked in, backing uh, futures markets. Uh, should have learnt my lesson there, but uh, don't worry. He's off to Hong Kong soon, and we'll see those tangerine colours doing some good things. Um, boys, I know it was only the maiden to start proceedings, but what do we make of the winter warmth? Uh, I've got to... You traditionally jockeys aren't very good judges, as we all know. Um, they can be tipping things and and uh, and suggesting they're going to have you know success on horses, and they don't. But Tommy did say that his best ride for the day, in his opinion, was warmth, uh, and it was a lovely ride. What did we make of the maiden win, Chris? Yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing it twelve hundred again if you didn't want the last fifty metres over if it was your best of the day, and. Um... It, it it got there, it got the job done, but I think it'll be um, back around the 1,100 metre mark and things like that. Maybe maybe a race like the Galaxy or the Oakley Plate, they might have a crack at they They've got a bit of an opinion of it, but, you know, it's got to step up now. It's got to, it's got, to, got, to, got off the mark and needs, needs to um, step up. But I think it'll probably get to group level at some stage, but I don't think it'll be at 1,200 metres. Okay, all right. Uh, boys, uh, what... Or was something there, Bradley? Yeah, I said on that, Dave, I'm warm. I think if you backed it, you take your, take your money and run because you're extremely lucky because the run of the second horse, eh, gee, dearie, dearie me, eight fifty into $3.50. It's copped a massive check out of the gate, copped another check on the turn and got beaten in another two strides and it wins. I think if it wasn't for a, a 12 out of 10 ride on uh, on warm from Tommy Berry and, uh, and bad luck with uh, the second horse, the second horse will be a much, much better horse and... I think it was just one of those. If you took the odds, you were you were lucky to get away with the cashier in the first on warmth. He's given a peach, and, and like I said, I think Devil Strokes a, a three-length better horse. All right. Um, what do we do with the bopper, Brad? Win Sydney was a uh, red-hot favourite. Uh, a lot of punters, I know where I was, were keen on uh, on loading up on the bopper. Uh, he didn't deliver. What do we do with him? He didn't deliver, but I, I thought it was a, a strange position to get into. He, he, he lobbed third the... Third, just going to get a lovely run behind them. And then he, he lost touch in the mid-race. Mid-stages there, he just seemed to get too far back. And, and on the turn, I thought, he can't win from there. And, and he couldn't. But saying that, Dream Circle was still able to get past him late. So that's always a, a bit of a concern. Maybe he's looking for 1,200 metres at, at Randwick. But a little bit disappointing. But I just thought he got way too far back. I, I thought he should have been right on their tails turning for home. And it could have been a different story because Dream Circle was so far off them. But... Probably titles a little bit more late, but still in those middle stages, just uh, just lost touch with them. Dino, you know, text here on the text line about decent rain, uh, and a filly that's obviously what now won three from thirteen has nearly ticked up three hundred fifty prize money. Was very good in that uh, stockade uh, at Ballarat. I remember back in November and was good on the weekend over fourteen hundred. Just a a good class Saturday filly, or do you think something uh, is big in her uh, CV ahead? Well, she's uh, typical of the, the Ma Eustace horses that have these sort of never-ending preparations. Uh, she raced uh, right through the spring. Uh, she had, uh, uh, I think she might have won her maiden, I'm thinking it was a Chuka back in uh, July or uh, where are we? Uh, 2nd of August was her first up run. She ran in the set weight race beyond Zuzarella. She ran in the Champagne, ran third to Serides. Went up for the Reginald Allen, third to Fangirl. Uh, not much luck beyond Bend the Knee, won the stockade and has just kept going through summer. So she's an amazing filly, what uh, they've uh, achieved with her. And early doors, uh, you would have thought she was probably a 1,000-metre horse, but uh, she's one they did that genetic testing on. And uh, I saw a, actually a story on this filly and they uh, it said that she was more probably better suited to running over 1,400. So they, uh, they ramped it up and uh, they, they've got great results out of her.
Wow, okay, there you go. So, decent rain. Thank you very much for that text. Uh, more texts on the text line here. Uh, we've got um, a, uh, one here that's an uh, interesting one. Uh, just from a uh, nature strip perspective, obviously we saw the trial. What would be the, uh, the, the, the plan, Chris, for nature strip early doors? Well, if you're going on the last couple of years, you'll go to Melbourne, win the, win the Lightning, then come up here and run in the probably run in the um, Challenge Stakes and win that and into the TJ. I think he's just the fastest sprinter in the country and especially a thousand metres, he's, he's, he's almost unbeatable. When Eduardo beat him, that was that was just that just showed you how good Eduardo was going and how good Eduardo is. So I think we'll see those two clash on a couple of occasions. I thought Forbidden Love was really good in that trial. She just tagged him like she was on a gallop and then pulled off his back and ran him to half a length. So she might be back in in really nice form as well. Beautiful. All right. Uh, and uh, last but not least, in regards to uh, just some text messages that are flying through in Melbourne, uh, Deno, come back to you. The winner of the last, Stay Gold. Lovely ride by Jamie Carr. It was. Uh, again, she's one that uh, has just been racing really well uh, and... I thought 1,600 was probably a stretch for her, but they went so slowly, and one, two, three around the turn, uh, finished first, second, and fourth, so it was very much a race for the on-paces, mainly because of the tempo. They uh, they just dashed up the straight. A uh, couple of horses there, Pitch and Un, who will get a mention soon, ran the best last 200 of the meeting and ran sixth, and uh, Picaroon ran the fifth best last 200 of the meeting, ran eighth. They had no chance from the back. All right, fantastic. Why do, We're take... do you know, why do they sit up in those in those races so often in, down the straight? Is it just they want to get co- too many horses want to get cover? Or yeah, it, I think um... for the straight races that can happen. That was a circle race, though. I just as I mentioned earlier, Chris, I think they just got their spots straight away, and no one made any moves around that long bend. And uh, well, you could see at six hundred, it was going to be one of the first three or four that was going to win the race because the backmarkers had too much to do. Yep, no problem. Beautiful. Too. We'll take a quick break. Uh, back with horses to follow from our panel this morning. Sky Sports Radio, racing through history. The Australian Jockey Club was formed in 1842. The Sydney Turf Club in 1943. The idea of merging the two powerhouse Sydney clubs was discussed for decades. Arguments for and against raged for years before all agreed it was best for business to join forces. As they come to the nine furlong post and start the long haul round the back stretch. The Australian Turf Club was created officially on February 7, 2011. And all Australia stands still. The four metropolitan courses, Royal Randwick, Rosehill Gardens, Canterbury Park and Warwick Farm would now operate under the one banner. Dolly Stallions, they win. Montefilia is stretching, lunging and got up to win it. Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. She has done something no filly has ever done. And that is her third group one win. They sell. Kermanek filly, here's the hammer, I sell. They get you to the big days. That is 100 career group one wins. Darnley Stadions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. New year means new gear. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for our back-to-work sale. Store-wide discounts on all the big brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue. Check out the FXD offer. Spend $300 on FXD and receive a free FXD beach towel and belt while stocks last. Get in store and check out more offers and savings for all your workwear gear. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Back to work sale, now on. 
New Year means new gear. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for our back-to-work sale. Store-wide discounts on all the big brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue. Check out the FXD offer. Spend $300 on FXD and receive a free FXD beach towel and belt while stocks last. Get in store and check out more offers and savings for all your workwear gear. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Back to work sale, now on. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in! <laughs> While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win, or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. The putters panel is the punter's pal. Holly Gray, probably for mine, could be the best wet tracker in the race. J-Mac rides it. It's won nine races in its life and they're all on soft and heavy tracks. Holly Gray, Grove Ferry, Mighty Bill is running out of ground and Polly's going well in the ATC Cup. Holly Gray too good. Another, another wet track win. The Putters Panel, Friday morning on Racing HQ. Welcome back to Punters Postmortem, the summer edition this morning with Chris Roots, Brad Davidson and also Dean Lester. Now, uh, before we get to horses to follow, guys, um, just this uh, Perth, uh, any more info on Pike and what's happening over there, Chris? Have you heard anything on the grapevine um, with, with what's the go? Is it just a matter of the, the mandate comes in for vaccination and he has to be vaccinated or see you later, Willie, you'll be driving trucks? Yeah, I think... Um just comes down to whether he wants to get the needle in his arm and um, if he doesn't, he's not going to be riding and I don't think there's too many places in Australia where you can, so might have to find something else to do. But it's one of those situations where it's, it's, it's a completely personal choice for him and if he chooses not to, he he probably loses loses the ability to ride and it's a, it's a, it's a choice he's got to make, career or, or his beliefs. One thing, uh, and we love racetrack rumours, Dino, there's a lot of, uh, there's a bit of a rumour going around about Michael D. Is Michael D going to go to Perth and replace Willie and ride for uh, for Bob Peters? Have you heard that rumour? Oh, no, it was more than a rumour. He was offered that position. Okay. I, don't think he, I don't think he'll take it up, though. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, he was certainly offered that position. Okay. Well, any reason as to why he wants to stay in Melbourne and, and just he's got family there? Or what's what's the reason for not well, wanting to go? I think he's got some pretty good contacts here. And uh, to be honest, he's you know he's around the cusp of you know, Group 1 rides a lot. And uh, they have three Group 1s a year in uh, in Perth. And they're not till November, December now. So, you know, I, it would be... A, obviously, he could be the big fish in the little pond, but he could have done that in New Zealand too. He was going to, you know, he was their leading apprentice and that's why he came to Melbourne. He wanted to be a part of uh, one of the bigger scenes. Is there any particular jockey uh, that, that you believe is, is, you know, obviously Mr Peters is, is, is looking outside the Perth jockey bubble to, to get a, a stable rider? Is that the assumption we can make or he just oh, particularly think... likes Michael and his style and the fact he can no. ride light and low and yeah. etc.? Yeah, I think that's probably the case. Uh, you know, I think had uh, you know, I think Luke Curry would have probably been offered that because he'd won on Arcadia Queen, but obviously he's gone to Hong Kong. Uh, I think that um, in the short term, Clint Johnson Porter and uh, and Chris Parnham will do the bulk of the riding, but uh, 
uh, and I can't see why that wouldn't work because the William Pike, Chris Parnham working in tandems worked pretty well uh, in the past. So uh, I think that that would probably uh, uh, work. And uh, the uh, development of Clint Johnson-Porter in the last 12 months has been phenomenal. Chris, were you going to chime in there and say something? I think it's going to be... I think Mr Peters wants a light rider and it's one of those, one of those jobs that I think any jockey would take it. But with Michael... If you're over in Western Australia, it's very hard to come back for Group 1 rides over here. And mm. every time there's a light ride in a, a good light ride, his name's thrown up for it in any of those big big handicaps. And it only takes winning one of those for him to go to the next level and be be up up with those top the top 10 jockeys in the country. Mm. All right, horses to follow, gentlemen. Before we uh, wrap up uh, the panel this morning, uh, I might come to you, Brad. What are your horses to follow in Sydney? Look, I think there's three in Sydney. Uh, Crystal Pegasus and Bellucci Babe are both terrific first-up runs and looking for good preparation. Still with me, found a bit of uh, ground late in that uh, first race of the day. It might be a horse to follow over in weaker grade over a bit further later on. But um, I think if there was one horse to take out of Australia on Saturday, horse to follow, it would be Devil's Throat in on the Gold Coast. That Magic Millions maiden, year after year, just produces winner after winner because obviously they're all set for it. So... Have a look at that, punters, and follow a host of horses out of there, but he was clearly the best run in the race and should be winning next time out. All right. Uh, Dino, your horses to follow? Uh, one out of the three-year-old staying race emerging for Godolphin, finished down the track, had absolutely no hope the way the race was run, ran, actually ran 10th, but uh, wasn't asked to do a lot late, and uh, he could uh, turn that around very quickly at his next start and uh, looks a real stayer. And I mentioned Pitchinun in the last race. Uh, she went very well. She'd run at Mooney Valley, and... Uh, on Saturday, uh, as I said, back in the field, best last 200 of the meeting. Uh, she can win a mare's race pretty soon. All right. And uh, what about your horses to follow, Chris? Yeah, I kept an eye on Sydney as well. I agree with Brad. Um, Crystal Pegasus and Bellucci Babe were very good first up. I think um, Mr Mosaic's going to end up being a, a Mr Group 3 sprinter. I think Bellucci Babe will probably get a get get one of those under its belt, this preparation. I know, I know that... Um, Bjorn Baker's was looking towards that and looking towards getting getting her quickly up to um, get some black type. So I think she's one to follow. I think Crystal Pegasus might not be the next run. It might be the run after. But once it gets up in trip, we know how good it is. And from the Gold Coast, I thought Isotope if um, if it if it it's come back from um, falling there last year and then had a bad colic attack in in Sydney, come out and just blew them away in very fast time. And if it comes down a um, and is better than what it was as a three-year-old. It's going to be a, a factor in any of the big sprints. All right, uh, fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, gentlemen. Looking forward to another big week of racing, and uh, and have a have a safe one too, gents.